before it was the Windjammer, it was Art Seaside. And at that time, it was a beach music venue. They cut it in half, and you know, it was a big, long building, and half was the Windjammer. That's Bobby Ross, co-owner of the Windjammer. Located on Isle of Palms, just outside of Charleston, the Windjammer has a long history and some humble roots. It was a kind of a sports local hangout beach bar and then we started doing music. I had kind of a responsibility to bring good bands in, to bring what people wanted to hear. It took time, but the changes to the bar would pay off for Bobby and a South Carolina musician who was looking to make it big. His name? Darius Rucker. You know, and for us, we, you know, we were playing little bars anyway. As soon as Bobby and those guys figured it out, though, and they overhauled it, it was one of the best places to play. Discover South Carolina presents The Palmetto Porch, a podcast featuring the state's most charming places, some you may not have heard of. I'm Devin Whitmire. All season long, we'll hear locals share their unique experiences and passions and their perspectives on where they live. Lying just off the beaten path, these small-town destinations are full of culture, fun, and adventure. So as a kid, I used to basically just, back in those days, you just stick out your thumb and with your surfboard and go to the beach. I moved here really a couple weeks after I got out of high school. I was going to work that summer, and then I was going to go back, but that was the summer of 1974, and I'm still here. Bobby would spend all of his time at the bar. He opened a tab and never closed it. After a while, he owed the bar quite a bit of money. And so I started working here to pay my tab off, which I don't believe I ever did. So what drew you to the Windjammer? It's one of the original sports bars, and it was successful. It was just kind of a local hangout. I think we had one of the first big screen TVs in the area. Eventually, Bobby became co-owner of the club, along with his business partner, Malcolm Burgess. In his mind, the arrangement was perfect. I could have made more money or done more stuff in that end, but it just wasn't what I wanted to do because I was happy here on the beach just doing my little thing, not worrying about downtown or not worrying about other areas, and I was comfortable here. And so I really, I guess I just wasn't ambitious enough to move on or try and do other things because, you know, I've got all I need right here. Well, you knew the grass isn't always greener, and you had it pretty green where you're at, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Under his leadership, the Windjammer began to bring in live music. It was a challenge, to say the least. It was an old building, and it really wasn't conducive to it. Actually, we didn't have a stage, and actually, when we first started doing this, the drummer had to sit on the shuffleboard table and, you know, set his drums up on this platform, and it was so... Amateuristic, if that is a, such a word. And for lights, we had floodlights, colored floodlights on the stage. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, I was so scared I was going to ruin their business that I was looking for another job. <laughs> because if I screwed things up, I had to have a uh, had to have a exit strategy or someplace to go. I got the entertainment paper out of Atlanta, Creative Loafing. And I went through that, I read that, and I was pulling bands out of Athens and Atlanta, and then some local bands. 
and that's kind of uh, the entertainment I was drawing. And there was also a guy by the name of Bunky Odom who actually worked for the Allman Brothers way back when. He moved to Charleston, and he kind of helped me with booking. I didn't know what I was doing. And he helped me book the room for a year or two uh, before he moved on. And I did the booking, hiring, firing, scheduling, just pretty much everything. And I kind of created a job for myself by by doing the uh, the booking and you know turning it into a music venue. But it was it was still the old building was still you know it had character. But it paid off. The community, including artists, started to see the club as a place to be for live music. We started getting a reputation, and so we became a popular place for bands to play during the summer. What a lot of bands would do is they would come here in the summer and play, then they would go downtown Charleston and play during the winter months. And that way, you know, a lot of bands built up a good following here in town because, you know, they would play downtown and they would play here. But just as the Windjammer was building its momentum, something else was brewing. A storm out on the Atlantic, one of the biggest on record. I was watching on CNN and it just showed the eye of Hugo rolling right up the harbor. And I was with my sister, and she says, well, maybe it'll be all right. And I looked at it and said, no, it's gone. It's gone. And so, you know, it took a couple weeks after I got back here. I had a big boat that they brought the residents back to the island to let us look at it for the first time. And we went through, you know, what are we going to do? We went back and forth and back and forth. And finally, it's like, there's just nothing to rebuild. So we ended up bulldozing the old windjammer and uh, put up a modern building. Hurricane Hugo slammed into the area, bringing storm surges and destructive winds. The Isle of Palms area was devastated. After everything settled, people came back, and the area began to be rebuilt. Months later, the Windjammer was rebuilt, and the band started to come back. One of them? was a bunch of kids from the University of South Carolina. They called themselves Hootie and the Blowfish. We put them here in the spring of 92, and they came in. They had been around. They were rock stars. They drove around in a stinky van. They didn't smell good. They didn't look good. Bobby's version of this story is great, but I wanted to hear it from the source. I called up Darius Rucker, and he told me about his first time performing at the club and what it's like to see a band play The Windjammer. I remember nobody was there. <laughs> you, know, we, you know, there might have been 50 people there if we were lucky, and those were people that were just going to go out drinking at The Windjammer anyway. I mean, it, it is just the sweat box, and it's just a bunch of people there that love music. You know, when they come to see bands that they haven't seen before, they know they're coming to see them because they're playing at The Jammer, and if they weren't good, they wouldn't be playing at The Jammer. You know, and so you got a bunch of people, even if it's people who haven't heard you or if it's people who've seen you before. The atmosphere is just a party, man. There were bars who just wanted you to come play, but Bobby and the Windjammer and a couple few other places were places that were just, you know, they took care of you. They wanted you to come back because they worked so hard to make sure you had a great time. And I've always loved that about Bobby. That's why I have recommended friends to go play there. And you get treated the way you want to get treated as a band in an arena. You're getting treated like that in a club, so that's pretty cool. So... No one shows up. They play their set. Just another band with big dreams. 
but something about Hootie struck a chord with people. Let's go back to Bobby. One night, you know, what we do here is at the end of the night, when the band's finished playing, you'll take and uh, put a song on to let everybody know the band's quit playing and the band's done. You turn the lights on, and that way everybody knows the band's not going to come back on. We're done. We're closed. I reached over, and I grabbed Coochie Pop, which was their demo, and I put on Hold My Hand. And they flipped the lights on. I looked down, and the whole crowd is singing Hold My Hand. And I'm going, you know, wow, you know, this is, it was incredible. This is a regional band at, at the time anyway. And uh, it's not like I put on the police or just a popular band that's all over the radio. It just struck me as very unusual. You might know the story from here, but after this, Hootie blew up big time. But even as they reached epic fame in music, the group never forgot where they got their start. You know, we were one of the bands that came out of there that, that made it. And, you know, we talked about it a lot. I think on our first show with Letterman, I think one of us had a windjammer shirt on. And it has become iconic. Years later, the windjammer has solidified its place in the South Carolina music scene. But even when Darius struck out on his own in country music, the club was a part of his journey. For years, people have been asking me to you know, to do this outside shows or do things outside. I'm like, we can't block the beach off. It just doesn't work. The country music television said, hey, there's this artist that wants to play here and uh, it's going to be a pop-up show, but we can't tell you who it is. Like, yeah, okay, don't tell me who it is. <laughs> I'll never guess. And so they came in and they spent a bunch of money and put up a stage. Darius did a pop-up show you know, for country music television. They wanted me to play in Charleston, um, and I wanted to play at the Windjammer. That stage was built so I could play the Windjammer again, and that was pretty cool. Today, the Windjammer is still one of the most popular bars on the Isle of Palms, with tons of bands gracing that big outdoor stage. And Bobby and Darius are still great friends. You know, he's been so good to me at the Windjammer, and, uh, you know, all of us. And he shows up when you least expect it with something that you didn't expect. And, like, I wasn't expecting that out back, but it's just turned into just a whole different scenario. Bobby's still Bobby. He's one of my best friends in the world. And so the Windjammer, the feeling's the same. They're just trying to bring great music to Charleston. What else can I say? For Bobby, bringing music to the Windjammer led to great success and lifelong friendships. And for Darius, performing at the club changed him too, and it gave him a place to call home as he began his career in music. Moral of the story, when you find your passion in life, you'll never want to close your tab. That's it for this episode of The Palmetto Porch. Thank you to our guests, Bobby Ross and Darius Rucker. If you like what you heard, share it with a friend or leave a review on your platform of choice. It really helps us to get the word out. And to learn more about the Isle of Palms or any of the places you've heard about on our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. The Palmetto Porch is produced by Discover South Carolina in partnership with Pod People. Special thanks to our production team at Pod People, Samantha Durgy, Michael Aquino, and Kim Wong. 
we'll see you next time. Take care, y'all.